This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. (whistles) Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Look out, takes, Almunia saves, knock out, follows in, Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini! I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Justin, how are you, sir? Very well, Peter. Yourself? Oh, very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Welcome to uh, uh, Parlacci Playoffs and Papillon, which is, of course, French. French for butterfly. Italian, Italian, sir. Is it oh, Italian? No, sorry, no, Papillon's no, right. French. It's for Farley. It's Italian. You're quite right. Oh, sorry. There you, you go. You... And thus the name of the pasta. There you go. There you go. Who, who says you get nothing interesting here? Oh, us. Yes, that's true. Never mind. It could also have been further illustration, obviously, with... Premiership opponents, as we now know that Southampton, Leicester and Leeds will be will be venturing to the Vic next season. So that's become apparent. But, uh, but before we, we start letting anybody in, we just wanted to give you a little bit of update on the Parlacci Gino stuff, if that's OK. But the first thing is, and hopefully you, as everybody who's listening to this on Twitter will have seen, but if you can share it to anybody you know who is not on Twitter, would be really appreciated. First of all, and for anybody who's listening on the podcast who doesn't use Twitter, first of all, the date for the Q&A, Parlacci Gino, with Gino Pozzo and Scott Duxbury has been set for the 15th of June. So that's on a Thursday, and it's now, what, two weeks and, what, four days away. And it's going to be held at the training ground in London Coney. Okay. There was an indication to us that it might be pushed back to late July at one stage, literally in the week before the season. But as a result of discussions and various people moaning, including me, I moaned quite a lot, I would say, like a drain. Basically, that our contacts at the club have managed to get a, an earlier date. Obviously, lots of people, as I say, including myself, have complained that it felt like it was being kicked into the long grass. But it has been brought forward, which we think is a good thing. We think it is a good thing because we don't want this pushed out. We do want people to know about this as soon as possible. We've got the date, so we're going for it. The date that was available 
there were, I think it was something like three corporate events going on throughout the day and two of them going into the evening at Vicarage Road. Therefore, as we've got the date secured, we have the use of the training ground. So more details of that to come, but it basically means we are going to be able to get in. We're going to be able to get set up for the event. It means we're not going to be encumbered by anybody, by any other people. Also means we should be able to invite up to 80 people along. So we get more people there as well, which is great. As anybody knows, obviously having been told all the while that we're not going to be able to have an at our place or at your place kind of thing. We want this to be as close to something along those lines as possible. But what we are going to do, as you will remember, is what we've done is we've put the questions out. Now, the questions are still there and still available for you to submit. You submit them confidentially, and there are something like six categories. And I've been going through some of those some of those today. Oh, the, oh, the joy in terms of you submitting them and what we want to do with those categories because we know and realize that there will be questions in and around those sorts of categories those sort of overviews that the that where the priorities lie but then the last category is any other business so if you've got other questions that you want to ask that just simply doesn't fall into the categories use that the reason why we are asking for this is because as all of you people who are very good at maths will know that on average we might have, I don't know, 18, 19, 20,000, or probably 12,000, but they'll always tell us it's 20,000 um, coming into the VIC, and 80 doesn't go into that very well. So there will be lots of people who are not there. There is no way of getting around this. That has always been the case with any of these things. And as, as Justin put it so nicely earlier on to me, until we can get the Albert Hall and allow everybody a microphone, it's always going to be the case. It's true. So... That being said, what we want to try to do is involve everybody by basically having a representation from as many fans as possible as to the questions that you find important. Now, I've been going through today on the first couple of categories, which were management structure and management appointments. Now, I'm not going to say you tell you what the most popular questions were, but you can probably guess when you're thinking about management appointments and what happened yesterday as to one of the one of the conversations and one of the questions that will be coming forward. The reason I'm not going to tell you is because we've had lots of people on various different social mediums, and I appreciate that not everybody knows. And therefore, if they don't know, sometimes they will fill it, fill it with rumour or what they think is the case. Who will be who are basically turning around and saying such things as it's going to be exactly the same as last time and nobody's going to put forward the questions. I've also seen other people say there won't be any questions from the floor. And these are suppositions that people are making without actually being in full knowledge of the facts. So I just want to give you some of those now, because we are running now, as you can imagine, with it being just over two weeks away, we're now running at a pace. So I, what I'm going to tell you is my view and my perception or my perspective on things. Not entirely locked in because it's not just me doing this. There are a group of people. But guess what? It's a bank holiday weekend and people have got other things to do as well. So I'm just going to give you my take on it as there isn't that much time to go. We want to try to run this as a pseudo sort of question time position. So, for example, those questions that we end up distilling from the hundreds and now into thousands of questions that we've had from everybody, and thank you so much, everybody who submitted, will be put into the kind of literally question that's, that, that, that's distilled from all of the things that have come in. So we cover the priority and we make sure that it is covering as much as we possibly can the priority things in and around those areas 
Now, it's not going to be one question per category. There could be many. At the moment, I'm going through, and there's probably a breakdown of about 11 to 12 different types of question in each category. So we have to prioritize it. We have to understand what's most important, and we have to work out the best way of phrasing it. Now, not everybody likes to ask questions in a public environment. So anybody who is attending, do feel, do feel free to, but do be prepared to get involved on the night if you're asked to, please. But what we want to have is like question time when Fiona Bruce or David Dimbleby or Robin Day in my day, and Justin, I do a passable Robin Day impression, but I will spare you that for the moment. Save it for um, a podcast, Peter. Save I, it for I, a podcast. It's the kind of gold that goes into that, yeah. It, is they will go to somebody in the audience who will ask that question and then the panel will debate it and it will go back and forth and we will be looking for you guys in the audience to feed back on that. We will have microphones in the audience so that we will... It's not going to be... We, we need to stage manage it. You can't have 80 people having conversations all at once and it making any sense to the people at home when they get to hear the recordings of this, more of that in a minute. So that is the idea. That doesn't mean that there won't be questions that come from the floor because once we've got through these priorities, those people on the day can ask potentially questions. If we've got the opportunity, we've got the time and there are questions there, those can come forward. I saw something earlier on today where it was being discussed and somebody said, no, it won't be because they've got these and that's all it is. If, we've, if that's all we've got time for, then fine. But there may potentially be questions from the floor. So if you're coming along and you think that there is something there, do keep it, do keep an idea of it and do let us know. As I say, a lot of people have turned around and said, it's going to be exactly like the last one. I've, I've seen a number of people turning around saying, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. Gino's not going to turn up. First of all, the risk of Gino not turning up, as anybody who remembers Cini not turning up previously, it's a risk we are taking. It's a, and it's a risk that we are taking on board. Okay, it's you can't get to the point whereby we haven't heard from the man in a decade and we've got him there. We can't have a Q and A with with Gino without the risk of Gino not turning up. But every indication we have is he's going to be there. The fact that this particular date has been agreed to get it done feels good. It was agreed before yesterday, as it was agreed on Friday. So we want this to be as comprehensive as it can be. I want it to be as respectful as it can be whilst conveying the feelings that people have. Now, what I mean by that is you can hear when Uncle Ron talks, for example, right? He doesn't swear, he's not abusive, but he makes his point across. You may disagree with it. You may disagree with the frequency that he uses or the passion, but I doubt it. But that's what we're going to need to have put across. But we want it to be respectful. The reason we want it to be respectful is whilst we're all focusing on this being Gino, what we want it to be is the start of a whole source of club-to-fan communication, okay? We want this not to be the last meeting for a year. We want to be repeating this with Ben Manga and with Valerian Ishmael together next, on the next one. And we want it to be for the, the catering and the retail people. And we want there to become, in time, some kind of board engagement for, or fan engagement with the board. People have used words like shadow board. If you go to look at Wolves or Stoke City, they have representatives from the fan groups who go and attend meetings like three or four times a year, a year or a season. They tend to get elected for two years. And what they do is they, they rotate half the board every year. 
So you get a first year where you're learning the ropes, you're getting a second year when you know what's going on, and then somebody else comes in. But that's where we want to get to. If we get to the point with this and it just becomes an absolute bloody riot, chances are we ain't going to get there. So there is something that we need to be. So we need to have a balance of making sure that the points are made and they are made articulately and crisply and debated and the points are put across firmly. There is no point us pussyfooting about with everything. This has to be done. But we need to note, make sure that it's done in a way that works because also what we want people to come away from this with is not to change your mind about anything but to at least inform Everybody who listens to the recording or reads the comments from Andrew French in the Watford Observer or who gets to see if we can get the video kind of stuff done. It's being done at the training ground, so we just need to work out the logistics of that. But the idea is for you to be able to get to see that, even if you are not in the room. That's absolutely vital because a lot of people have said it's going to be just like last time. The last time, you didn't know about it. We didn't know about it until two weeks after it had happened. We've been banging on this for what feels like weeks now. So it, it couldn't be further away from being what last the last event was. Last time wasn't even anywhere near this. It was a working, whatever it was, fans construct or whatever is what we were invited to. It was nothing like this. This is a whole new thing, as far as I know. It's nothing like last time. Yeah, absolutely. And for a start, Justin might even be invited to this one rather than gate crashing it. Who knows? Yeah. So, so I just want to clarify a couple of other things so that you can make the application for attendance. Again, that's available via Slido. So if you've already done questions, it's just the same thing. You can still put in the application for questions. The attendance is going to close. The request for that is going to close on the 6th of June. The reason it has to close on the 6th of June, which is nine days before, is we need to basically get those in. We then need to basically do a random drawn ballot. Okay. now this is a bone of contention because we know that lots of people will consider that they are deserving to be there. And I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to argue with anybody. But try drawing up a criteria to select people based on on anything other than the fact that it will be a random drawn ballot for people to attend. We then need to basically, one of the things we've asked you for is obviously your fan ID. We need to cross-reference those just to make sure that those are up spec and that people are coming in appropriately. And a big hello to We Are Luton Town. We wouldn't want somebody from, from another club turning up, just say, not putting ideas into your head there, Ian. So we want to make sure that's done. And we then need to communicate to everybody which basically means we've got to send a, an email or a group of texts or I've got to call all of the people who are actually going to be turning up on the day and give them all of the information about it. And we want to do that with ideally a week's notice so people do know that they are coming and that they'll be there. So in the meantime, we also have to coordinate all of the stuff that I'm talking about in terms of the questions that come in. Apologies if this is overkill, but there are so many questions where people are trying to fill in and I think they're trying to do it helpfully, trying to fill in the spaces. And then and then what happens on a discussion thread on social media is somebody then asks the question to that answer and it takes a life of its own. And it goes completely away from where the truth actually lies. So I just want to get this across if we possibly can. So think about it as a question time where we have an initial question that is composed. It is not provided and it will not be pre-screened by Gino or by Scott or by anybody at the club, okay? That is fundamental. 
That's the whole idea of this, is that it is not done so. What they will do is know the overview of the questions that we are going to ask them, i.e., when I put the, uh, the anonymous question collection piece together, if you've completed it already, they will know that there will be questions around management structure. They will know that there will be management, oh, sorry, questions in relation to the manager head coach appointments. They will know that there are questions around player recruitment, club finances, and fan engagement stroke experience. And there will be any other business because that's exactly the categories we have asked you to complete these out in. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking to them. We also talked to the club about whether or not we wanted to have Ben Manga in place, perhaps to talk about football questions. But this is our one and only time to talk to Gino, potentially for we don't know how long. If we make it, if we, if it's a, if it's a good experience, I'm not saying it's going to be an easy experience. If it's a good experience, and we might see him again. But personally, I think what we have to do is make it a worthwhile experience. Most and most importantly, that's the first and the fundamentals. Yes, there's always going to be a risk of him not getting there. We're taking that risk on. We'll, we will go with it. People will be invited in. We will be doing the random draw. Justin and I are trying to work out exactly how we do this and how we make it as visible as possible so everybody can see that it's fair. Because the other thing I've seen is all the time is that we're going to be getting all of our friends and all of the people that we want and all of the people from... Look, I understand why you're going to say that because the last one wasn't very good. So you're not going to necessarily believe that what we're trying to do here is what we're trying to do until you've seen it. And other people on Twitter or social media will just be cynical hey, after this season, not a great surprise, is it? But we're going to try and do it absolutely the best we can. As I've always said, it won't be perfect, but it will be the best that we can make it. I've also seen, and this is something explicitly here, and I've only seen it in one place, but somebody said, if I don't get picked, then we're going to turn up outside and we're going to protest outside. And I looked at that and I thought, that's interesting. This is a supporter led event you have had all season to protest and some valiant souls have but you've had all season to protest about how it's going i just have to ask do you think that turning up and protesting at a supporter-led event makes us the supporters look better I appreciate there are people who desperately want to tell Gino what they think of him. I get that. I understand that. But we're trying to do this in as democratic a fashion as we can. And I'm not sure that the right visuals for it is somebody standing outside with a banner saying, I don't know what. You, you can be the judge. As I say, you've had all season to do that. I'm surprised that you would consider that now might be the appropriate moment to do it when we finally got concession to get the meeting done. People will point out the fact that the club are obliged to do this. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. But they haven't. And there is no obligation for the owner to turn up. But he is at this moment in time. So we just want to try to make sure that we can get to hear from him. Not because it's going to change you from Potso out to Potso in, or from Potso in to Potso change, or wherever you are on that continuum, it doesn't matter. This isn't going to change your mind necessarily. What it is going to do is make whatever opinion you currently have more informed. And you decide whether or not you change on that spectrum or not. I'm certainly not going to tell you to do that. But what we want to try to do is make this go as well as possible, get the event going, and get this as the catalyst 
to have a truly engaged supporter to club conversation. Now, some people will say, yeah, but it's Gino, so blah, 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 blah. And I'm never going to convince those guys. I get that. I'm not trying to. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel, and there, there's no changing that. But what I will ask is if you can participate by, one, requesting to attend. If you want to attend, if you want to attend, do be prepared to be to be politely firm, shall we say. If you want to ask questions and submit further questions, they will feed into everything that we are doing. For the next two weeks, I'm going to be delaying a return to work to get this done because it's going to basically be my raison d'etre to, to get this done and over the line. And then I'm looking forward to passing it on to, to other people because there are lots of other people involved. We've got the Supporters Trust who have been nothing short of excellent. There are other podcasts, you will have seen them. I won't name them. They can talk on their own platforms about what they've done or what they're doing. But a lot of people are involved in this. I'm just only spewing off because, as I say, it's a bank holiday weekend. And they're away. So there you go. There you go. Justin, sir, anything I've ranted and missed? No, I think you've got the deadlines in. Perhaps you could give the Slido code that people need to take part or to submit their questions or whatever. That might be helpful. That would be really helpful if you could actually put the little visuals, the QR codes on the uh, on the link under this or under the messages. That would be even more helpful. I'll see what um, I can do, mate. I'll see what I can do. Basically, if you go to, bear with me two seconds and I will tell you what they are. So if you want to submit your, and these are completely anonymous questions, you can submit them what you want. Some of them have been really quite funny. Just Resign, I think, was probably just the shortest one. If you go to slido.com or slido.do, um, and you basically, you will see there, this is a piece of software where you go in and you basically put in a code for the particular poll or quiz that you're doing and the one for the questionnaire for the questions is 37504900 so if you go to slido.com and enter 37504900 it will take you through basically six questions or six opportunities to submit questions in the categories that I just mentioned earlier on which were what management structure head coach management appointments player recruitment club finance fan engagement slash experience and any other business that you might want to have the other one which is the the june fan attendance you go to the same website slido.com and the code for that one to make a, an application is 89632200 okay you will need three bits of information you will need your name but i imagine you probably have that you will need your watford fan id number and you will need to basically just have a an email address, an opportunity for us to contact you afterwards. Quick important point, we will be doing the draw. We will be conducting the draw. And anybody who submits this with the fan ID, the fan ID is not going to, the only way we can, what's the word I'm looking for, cross-reference the fan ID is via the club. We will go with the people who are selected to the club to cross-reference those fan IDs, okay? After that, Everything will be deleted, so nobody will know whether or not you have applied or not, and we won't be utilising your fan ID for anything other than that. We want to make sure that the data is used completely and utterly fairly, if we possibly can. Now, having said all of this, I'm sure people are going to still be cynical, and I've even spoken to people and said, you're probably right to be cynical at the moment, and bearing in mind how literally everything has gone, this season, Everton didn't even get relegated for crying out loud. What can you do? 
I can understand that. You're cynical. I get that. But if we can get enough of us together here, then the one thing we can actually do is turn around to the club and say, look, we got ourselves organized. We turned this around and we can do this. And actually, you know what? That board representation or that shadow board or that fan engagement group. Yeah, we can organize ourselves for that as well. Get us involved closer to the club so that we can start to build the connections that everybody says they don't feel anymore at this moment in time. Some people also, I have to say, turn around and say, yeah, but if you're winning, you'd feel it more. I'm not so sure about that, but that's their opinion. So you've got to go with it, got to go with it. Right. Anyway, enough of such silliness and nonsense. Uh, a big hello to We Are Luton Town, who presumably won't be joining us for Spaces next season after yesterday. A lot of people arguing whether or not, as rivals, people should congratulate them or otherwise. Hey, it's your rivalry. You choose. If you know somebody at work, you're going to say something. But if you don't wish to, don't say it. That's our take on it. But hey-ho, it happened. They did it. Some people are taking a look at it and saying, actually, you know what? With with Rob Edwards going across and that happening, perhaps that is something to, to ask Gino about on the 15th. That is a great example of the fact that the turnover of managers simply doesn't work. It's proof positive that actually the common denominator isn't the manager. Maybe, just maybe, there might be a tiny silver lining. Perhaps, who knows? You've got to look for it pretty hard, though, haven't you? But there we go. But there we go. Hi, this is Helen Ward, and you are listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The other piece, obviously, that we saw was, and I thought it was interesting because I saw a response to Adam Leventhal's tweet. If you didn't see it, the reference to Papillon, obviously, is Blue Butterfly Man, Cristiano Giretta. So literally, what, within about an hour or so of the game finishing yesterday, the news came out that Cristiano Giretta, uh, this is the news coming out from The Athletic via, via Adam Leventhal, that Cristiano Giretta has actually renewed a contract for three years and he will stay on as sporting director, not technical director. Now, they do make a, on the continent, and I see Luan's there, he'd probably be able to describe it better than I. There are differences on the continent and they do seem to have more of a developed technical and sporting director stable in Europe than we tend to have in the UK, where we, in my experience, have typically had a kind of a technical director or a director of football, typically in, in post. It seems to be more evolved there. I think most of us will take a look at Cristiano Giretta's 
tenure and say other than a brief flurry on a Sunday evening where suddenly Butterflies and his good wife made a interesting appearance on social media and then we're gone again and then it was all my things got hacked and then all sorts of stuff that he hasn't really done very much i think people might even look back to the days of giraldi with a bit of warmth in comparison to him do i think he's worthwhile really not not really i haven't seen what he's done and i would like to know what he will be doing within the setup and how that works now unsurprisingly in the management structure questions there's quite a lot of questions exactly around that. If that's important to you, if you can get in and submit that, it's just going to basically push it up the priority order. And what it means is that when we turn around and we ask Gino and we ask Scott about this, yes, it's going to come from people who have got the question in the audience and then people get to their own questions. But also it allows us to turn around and say, actually, in this category, this was the second most prioritized or popular question group questions around this there's a mandate for us to ask this question this is the whole of the supporter group being asked this question and when people have submitted their questions and they hear that question being asked it means that the whole supporter group is involved i'll shut up about that from now on justin what were your thoughts with with mr giretta and then we'll go to the phones it's one of those things where first of all i was intrigued that it was a three-year contract because i thought he was an employee so that's curious And I really would like to know where he sits on the whole hierarchy. I'd like to know if he's on the same level as Ben Manger or underneath Ben Manger or above Ben Manger. It's all very confusing. So it'd be nice to know exactly what his remit is and what he does, because there seems to be everything from sorting out sports nutrition to putting the cones out as a suggestion. So who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. So there is one space left for the appointment in the championship, I believe. I'm presuming that the the League One playoff final is tomorrow, but the rest we know. But if you want to come on, make any points that that you would like to make, then do let us know. I can see we've got we've got Oat Road Hatter there. I'm sorry, sir. I'd love to have. We know Billy and we know Ollie, and I think Carl even went on there on on Friday night. But we're going to make this. We're going to make this Watford only, gents. So thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend, as I'm sure you are. But I am going to go across to somebody who's been who's been noted recently, and I also heard him on the on, on the Yuan's spaces yesterday. I just couldn't. I just couldn't, wasn't in the right headspace to do a to do one of those yesterday. So well done, Omar, for for manfully charging through that. We're going to go to Uncle Ron. Uncle, I used you as an example, sir, as somebody who speaks forcefully but not in a sweary, disrespectful way. What, are you, what is your response to that? Is that reasonable and fair, or, or do you feel that you're mildly disrespectful? <laughs> I think it's a very fair description, Peter. Okay. All right, sir. Okay, sir. All right, sir. Anyway, anybody else wants to make some comments or some points or some observations or ask any further questions about it, because I appreciate I haven't hit everything on the event, then please do, please let us know. But, Uncle... What are your observation after a uh, oh a, t- a torrid Watford weekend? Most certainly, I'm disgusted by the news about Gioretta, and what I'm more disgusted about, and it ties in with what I've been saying about the retain list, is I'm going to put it to all of you: if Adam Leventhal hadn't broken that story, do you think any of you listening that the football club itself? would have announced it. I don't. I think they would never have said a word about it. I think they hold us in complete contempt. 
because of that. That ties in with the retained list. But Rupert, which, Rupert, if I may, please, yes. like I said a minute ago, it was the whole kind of renewal of a three-year contract that was a bit odd. If they hadn't said anything, I would have just assumed he was an employee and there was no nothing new to tell us. So they, Indeed. So I don't really... If we if Adam didn't break that story, we'd just carry on with life going, oh, that's still there. We don't know. I, I wouldn't have, Justin, because I was aware that his contract was expiring. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. aware of that on a personal level. I, I was also... It was also stated that it was one of the things that they were working on I think Ben Manga, I can't remember now who mentioned it. It wasn't Giretta, but somebody said that it was one of the aspects that they were working on in the closed season, which, hey, you know, yeah, not great. I don't disagree with you. The, uh, the, the There's a couple of things. It's obviously until we actually hear it from the club, then do we know that it's absolutely done and dusted and for sure? I have to question, and I saw on Twitter that somebody did question Adam, in terms of the timing that it came out, obviously after our rivals up the road qualified to get into the Premier League, that it came out within about an hour or so, and therefore that it was there to cause maximum collateral damage. Adam responded and said, no, you don't know how I work. I've been working on this for quite some time, and it just so happens that it's coming out now. So he did respond and deny that, although working on a Saturday evening and releasing something at, what, kind of circa nine o'clock, did feel like the timing was, was, shall we say, clickbait opportune and to cause maximum annoyance. But that doesn't get back to the point which you're making, which is why can't the club be more transparent? Yeah, and I do find it fascinating that Watford fans appeared more annoyed with Adam Leventhal for him breaking the news as opposed to the horrendous news itself. It's a very bizarre development in the modern world. But I wanted to say something else, Peter. Far away, uh, sir. I've made various tweets about the women's team and the coverage on it, and I've Mm -hmm. had a lot of abuse And I just wanted to say, I retract nothing. I apologize for nothing. I've never been rude or abusive in any way. I've made two points. The first point being that I think the amount of coverage devoted to it is out of proportion to the level of interest. I don't find that abusive in any way. I've also said that I don't agree with the mural of Helen Ward at Vicarage Road Stadium. And if you'll allow me to continue, because Twitter doesn't have many characters... I don't agree with that, purely for the reasons of the women's team have only played a couple of times at Vicarage Road Stadium. And if you look at their attendances, there are 20,000-odd people who go to Vicarage Road to watch the men's team, and let's say 200-odd people who go to the women's team. So I don't think it's an appropriate place to have that mural. Whether she has achieved great things, which she has, or not and it's related to that and it's not misogynist people have called me a misogynist and a woman hater so if i'm a misogynist then i'm also a misandrist because i say many things against people who happen to be male not that i said one word against helen walk for being female but i think you get my point but i have no interest in baseball because i don't support a baseball team and i don't support the women's team of of Watford. And I don't think it's wrong of me to say that the vast majority of those don't support the women's team either. I'm entitled to that view. 
without being called those names. And I will debate it with anyone should they wish. Okay, okay. I am indeed a huge fan of the women's... Actually, I'm a big fan of the women's game, but especially this women's team, because actually I think they have been exponents of the characteristics and the quality of football, albeit, don't get me wrong, as when we talked to Damon Lastrop, and I couldn't agree with him more, it's not really right to compare the two games because at a genetic and physiological level, the physical characteristics mean that it's basically a sort of a slightly different game in terms of build-up. But I'm not sitting there saying we're going to put them up against Man City and De Bruyne isn't going to rip them apart. Well, you could say that about our team as well. For the league that they're playing in and the level that they're playing at, they have gone through exponential improvement. You mentioned that you don't support women's football and you don't support baseball. I don't support, no, say, no, I'm not no, against no. it. I don't follow it. I don't wish to attend yeah, it. Absolutely it. great. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah that's not that. against it. Yeah. Uh, understood. Understood. Right. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Have you ever demonstrated or uh, voted against verbally or on Twitter a mural for a baseball team that you don't follow? That's a good question. No, I haven't, but I follow Watford Football Club and the men's Twitter, the the men's Twitter feed is constantly tweeting things out about it. I don't think there is a men's Twitter feed. I think there's a Watford Football Club Twitter feed. But there's also a separate Watford FC women. There is a separate Watford FC women, and yeah. there is a Watford FC one as well. Yeah, yeah. That, that's fine. There, let's be honest. The, for, the let's have a let's have a look at this. First of all, there has been pretty thin gruel in terms of highlights from the men's team this season. There has not been many good news, and it would be fair to say that the women have been absolutely the good news story put together and i've as i say i've missed one home game and i've gone to a handful of away games and the difference is absolutely marked in terms of the how easy it is to like this team because they play and i've said right from the start and I, i said it at the last game last season against Coventry, when they got relegated in the 97th minute of the final game, they were going to just about stay up. They got, it was a worldy free kick. It went in the net and they just dropped to their feet and the ref blew up. They were on their knees. Every single one of them, after, I don't know what, 30 seconds of quite understandable and justifiable self-pity and feeling very bad about it, got up to their, off their feet and walked across to the lower Graham Taylor stand and came across because all of the kids who were there, all of the girls, all the, and there are definitely a larger amount of, of young girls present per, per se uh, at the game because, of course, they're there and they're seeing role models. And they went over and they broke out the smiles and they did the selfies and they, took, and they did the autographs, etc. The reason I mention that is because this team did exactly the same thing when they had won the playoff final to win the second trophy, because having won the league, they didn't get promoted, as everybody knows the idiosyncrasies of the of the National Women's League this year. They came over and shared it with the fans. And being there at Milton Keynes on that Saturday, I haven't seen one person who didn't turn around and say, my God, I'd forgotten how it felt to be proud of Watford. And I don't think we've had very much to be proud of. Do I think there's been a lot of coverage? Yes. Do I think it actually causes an imbalance for male versus female? Sure. No, absolutely no way does it. But 
they are the good news story at this moment in time. And of course, we played our last game on the 8th of May. They won the final on, what was it, the 20th? So there was no other football to cover. So it was bound to be that. Now, I understand what you mean. I watch, as I say, a lot of women's football. And I will say one thing for sure, that there is an awful lot of, and I don't know if you get it in the States, although the state in the States, the women's game is even more developed than it is in the UK, most certainly. The thing that winds me up most about women's football in the UK on TV is the co-commentators. Not the commentators, they're okay, but the co-commentators who try to pretend that absolutely everything is absolutely brilliant. That winds me up beyond belief because sometimes, you know what, footballs, you score because somebody makes a mistake. So sometimes I find that kind of a little bit grating. But having watched this team, yes, they will punish other teams' mistakes, but they also play some very good football. And I think you'll probably agree that the goal was a decent one. But if you got to, if you got to watch it, but Peter, I'm not disparaging the quality of the game in any way. My mm-hmm. point is that for forty odd years, I've watched the men's team, and I, this is nothing against the women's team. But their success or failure makes zero difference to my mood in life, to my mood in life, and certainly no difference to my view on how I feel about the football club. Absolutely zero difference whatsoever. I'm sure they're the most I'm sure they're fantastic people, no doubt better, far better people than the men. But it doesn't affect my view on the team, and it seems to be this view that it somehow makes up for it. It somehow uh, makes up for it. But that, people are entitled I, to that view, as I'm entitled to my view that you, you, I think I, oh, the mural I, is inappropriate. I don't think the mural is inappropriate. The reason I say that is because... You're, you're, you're absolutely right that Watford ladies have played at Kings Langley for a couple of years, for the uh, a couple of years before this year, they played at Wealdstone. There's no opportunity to, to recognise Helen Ward's contribution that's been there. There's also a thing here, I think, which is telling, was you mentioned, obviously, the crowds kind of circa 200. I would say at Grosvenor Vale, they've been between 450 to about 260, something like that, 250, 260. So not, you're not miles out. The girls team have played two games at Vicarage Road. They played against Bridgewater on a on a nice sunny afternoon, I have to say, on a Sunday. And they played on the Thursday night after they'd lost their League Cup final against Oxford, which was the which was like the penultimate game of the season, and they had to win it. And it was a momentous game. The first game they got about twelve hundred and fifty, and the second game on the Thursday night, which was raining like anything, was about eleven 1, hundred. So actually, if we have the girls playing in Watford, you know, your point is valid. I think the girls should be playing there because there is a far, far better turnout in Watford for people who might be interested in the ladies game to turn out. There is also one other thing that I just wanted to point out about Helen Ward in particular. And I have to say, and for me, is that I would suggest that having been in as many dressing rooms that uh, Helen Ward has done, Let's face it, she could do you and I up a kipper in terms of witty comebacks, I'm sure. But that's an environment you have to thrive and survive in. When she came back to you on Twitter and made a made an observation about being, because you you put up a, what do you think of? Do you think of Graham Taylor, Luther Blissett, Elton John, and, uh, and John Barnes, or Helen Ward? But I would propose that you could put any other player, or oh, Troy, I think you included, sorry, up against those. And of course, they're going to think about Watford because those are four absolute icons. They put the stats up on the mural this weekend. Do you know how many goals Helen Ward scored for Watford? 
Not off the top of my head. Probably certainly three figures. 199. Boy. There you in, go. But, but... In the opposite corner, in the opposite corner of the ground, of course, absolute legend, and you made mention of him in that corner, and absolutely at a different level and at a different way, Luther, obviously, 183. Now, I'm not saying it's in it, it's comparable at all. What I'm saying is their individual feats in their individual fields are both thoroughly outstanding. Yes, the one, on the a one... personal level for the player herself. Not It's not a feat that resonates throughout the entire town. No, it's that's, not. That, I, I no, that's fair that's enough. That's fair enough. It's not, I'm not being abusive in any way. I'm, I'm not taking you point. as abusive. I, I would say... That legend, you one cannot throw around that word lightly. Now, legend can mean a legend as a person, a legend to your family, to your friends. But to me, a legend is someone whose name is known throughout, certainly a town or a country or the world. And I'm entitled. I stand by it, and I think, I think the names I've been called for having this opinion for never once being abusive are outrageous. It's outrageous to call someone a misogynist and a woman hater. Absolutely outrageous. You've, as ever, sir, you have been articulate. You have been forthright. Those qualities we could do with, ladies and gentlemen, on the 15th, in terms of having a persistent, polite, but firm stance on things. Rupert, you and I can agree to disagree. We've done that on many occasions. I've got no problems with that whatsoever. I think Helen Ward in years will be looked back on as somebody who was a foundation stone that the women's game has been built. And I think you will see more of the the women's team there because if you think about it, actually, there's no way you would know, sorry, but the under-21s, actually, you may have seen some games on Hive Live, I'm not sure, because they play, in fairness, they play midweek. But even when they've played, and it's been the under-18s against Everton and against Arsenal, Arsenal got a great turnout. Everton was comparable numbers. It was about 1,000, 1,200 playing at the Vic. I think people will look back at, at Helen Ward and realise that she is one of the foundation stones for a team and a club that, you know, that we can be proud of. And I think a lot of people have been very proud of of this women's team. And there is probably a greater consensus by the, I, I would suggest there aren't a whole host of voices in agreement with you, but there are a whole host of voices again you. I hope they would not be abusive. I hope they wouldn't need to. I hope they would come back in the same style that Helen herself did, which was, I thought, funny, articulate, and and I thought she handled it very well. I thought she handled it very well. Rupert, thank you very much indeed, sir. There you go. We've got to got to the bottom of that there, didn't we? Didn't we, just Justin? Anyway, we did. We did. Yeah, I think it's important that to say that the women's game is still in its infancy. Yeah, uh, and like you said, this is a this is a touchstone person that in years to come, people will look back and go, "That was a hell of an achievement for." someone playing in a sport in its infancy. That, I think it's great. I hadn't been to any women's games until this year and you kept persisting saying, come, come, so I came. I think they're great. They work hard, they play hard, they're entertaining to watch. If you don't like it, don't go. But I would encourage people that haven't been to give it a try because it is, it is great fun. It is good fun. Absolutely. I tell you now, though, having that there, how many? Uh, sorry, I'm going to I'm going to be gender specific here, but how many girls are going to walk past that and ask who that is? 
yeah. and how many could it potentially inspire? Because I can tell you now, a whole host of people at the MK Dons game and at the women's at the women's games, it does feel ex- incredibly eighties like in terms of the number of families that are there. The fact that dads or mums can take their daughters. And that they're not just there at the game, they're there looking at these people and talking about them. I remember when Kate Lewis started talking about women of Watford, and whatever your opinion on that really doesn't matter. She talked about being taken along and she wasn't really interested in it because everybody was male, everybody was this, everybody was, and it didn't feel like she was seeing herself represented. Actually, Rupert makes a very good point, I think, that actually... They don't play at Watford. I really wish they would because I think they're I think they're going to start to build something if they do. That if Kate Lewis had gone there as a ten year old and seen the equivalent of Helen Ward or Annie Rossiter or Poppy Wilson or Gemma Davis and any of the people who were there playing, and apologies for I could list them all out. I'll have to say Dre Georgie, otherwise she'd double foot me next time she sees me. <laughs> they might she might not be going. I don't see myself here. She might be, I see myself and I want to be that. I want to go and do that. And there is a whole girls section. I know the under 16s and the under 18s this season won their county cups. There is, how good would it be for what for football club? One of the, one of the points that comes back on the bringing this full circle back to this whole thing around asking questions, whether or not we get any answers, who knows, but is questions also around the academy. Wouldn't it be great to get back to being a community club because we are providing opportunities for boys and girls to get in and actually play and represent Watford at under 10s, under 11s, whatever it is, with a pathway and an opportunity to come through and represent at first team level? That would be really something. That really would. Anyway, Justin, sorry, I need to go to Jack's been waiting a very long time and I do apologize. Jack Foster, everybody from, from the US. We're gonna try and keep it a bit a, a bit brief tonight, but there we go. Jack, sir, how you doing? Oh, didn't think I was gonna get a chance this early. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Right. I just really am wondering to the couple of Luton fans that are here, what are you doing here? Your team just got promoted to the Premier League. Why don't you go enjoy it? No, that's fine. That they're fine. They're fine. Oak Road Hatters are our friends. They've come on the they've come on the preview shows. Billy, we've chatted with Ollie on a couple of things. Carl even went and and, and said hello to them on a Friday. So they're okay. fine. We are Luton Town, though. He's always here. He turns up like a bad spell, does he? And he likes listening in. But again, it's all good banter, and and they're nice. Don't worry about them. But of course, they're going to sit here with, listening to us moan and cogitate. Go in 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 regards to that whole situation. This could be the best thing that could possibly happen to Watford Football Club. This, I think, is precisely the kick up the arse that we need. I, there's, there's no way it could have possibly gone worse. And if Gino isn't the cartoon villain that I think of him as, then he would do whatever is necessary, aside from the re-signing of Gioretta, to fix this and get us back into contention for for promotion and stability in the Premier League. But I just think of that everything that has happened this season should be a wake-up call. And if it isn't for whatever reason, then we've just completely fallen apart. Yeah, I saw an interesting I saw an interesting conversation with people on a on a thread earlier on. 
and they were saying that actually the problem is that people's expectations are too much and that actually sorry jack i'm just going to put you on mute sorry there that people's expectations are too much and that you're either it's either all or nothing you're either brilliant or you're devastating and nobody likes average anymore i don't see that as the case i see the importance of this being the fact that we're not the problem is we're not average would be people who have their manager around for a season or who knows possibly even 18 months to two years that would be there where we where all of the things have gone wrong there are a host of things that we can point to and that we know and that we want to talk to the man do we get to we don't know we might do we might not but but that's what we'll try and do but there we go but there we go let's go to let's go to alan thank you jack much appreciated mate let's go to Alan Lathwell. Most importantly with Alan, I've got no idea where he is because normally I can kind of roughly time time his trajectory between Watford and Leicester. Obviously, Leicester now going to be joining us in the championship, sir. I don't know if you're at home or if you're out and about, but is is it a bit of a dour mood, do you know? I was actually there. Oh, Uh, Yeah, I was actually at the game today because through work, we've got season tickets in the Sandwich Brigade. I was there on a freebie, stuff in my face, not in considerable face to those that know me. Well Um, done. Well done, sir. What what is the point of having a face if you do not stuff it, I ask you? I I don't really want to talk much about Watford, but just to be honest, if that's all right, just make the conversation a slightly different angle. I was saddened today. I went to the game with some friends of mine, two families with young kids, Uh all Leicester fans. And at the end of the game, I don't know how many people that are listening have been to the Leicester game, but where the coaches park outside the main entrance at Leicester, they barrier it off. Fans can come and watch the players come and go, etc. Uh-huh. And there were a lot of kids there, both Leicester and West Ham fans, waiting for their idols to come out. And I stayed for quite a while with my mate and uh, and his kids. And originally my mate's Polish, although his kids were born and brought up here. But they idolised Lukas Fabianski because he played for the Poland national team. And, right. and obviously they wanted to see the Leicester players. And it was sad. What really saddened me today was that after the game, bearing in mind Leicester have been relegated, and I get that the mood's not going to be great. West Ham have got a final to look forward to next year. And I just watched one player after the other ignore kids. It's disgusting. These players are walking right past children that are calling their names. They idolise these players. And these these arseholes can't even be bothered to stop and sign an autograph or have their picture taken. Is that the state of the game in the Premier League? Is that where we're at now? Yep. That these players are so full of themselves that they can't be asked to stop for two minutes to get a, take a photo with kids. Bearing in mind, it, particularly in the West Ham case, that there were players sat on that coach for half an hour waiting for that coach to leave. And they could have gone and taken photos and done autographs for young fans. The only player I witnessed bother do that was Thomas Suchek of West Ham United. And he came over and he signed autographs for Leicester and West Ham fans. But to all those players that didn't bother, you're an absolute fucking disgrace. 
<laughs> and why should kids today bother idolising these players when they don't give a flying fuck? And that's what's wrong with the game at this at the highest level. I think it's a problem in the Championship. I think it's a bigger problem in the Premier League. It's just disgusting. By contrast, you mentioned earlier the mm-hmm. women's game. Yep. And I've been to a few women's games. I've not been to many Watford games, to be honest, but I've been to England women's games. And you see the total contrast in the way that players react to the supporters. I've been to England games and watched the England players stay out for over an hour after the final whistle, taking selfies and doing autographs and everything else. It's just a total contrast to to the men's game. And I think that's why, Pete, you see so many families are, are, are turning to the women's game because, first of all, the quality of the product is vastly improving. Yeah, absolutely. Second of all, like you said, it's kind of a throwback to football when we were younger because you and I are a fairly similar age, I think. Yep. And the players would engage with the supporters and people feel a part of it. And I think that's why it's not just that, obviously, the success of the England women's team has seen a growth in the women's game, which is understandable. But I think it's just the different attitude that exists. And I think people feel more a part of it. I know there are certainly a number of Watford supporters that don't bother going to the men's games. They are Watford fans through and through, but they go and watch women's games all the time. You never see mm-hmm. them at the men's games. It's just, it, you know, it's just a, a, a real sadness to see the state of the game is and the way supporters get treated. It kind of, we, I, I just feel like we're scum to these people. It really is. It's saddening. It's saddening to see the way it's going. And I thought, disheartened as I've been with us this year, I think you think to yourself, sometimes you're in a, a little bit of a tunnel and you see only what goes on at your club. And then you spend a bit of time as a neutral watching somebody else's team and seeing it thinking, no, it's not Watford. It's football in the men's game at the highest level. But these players are just so fucking full of themselves that they can't be bothered. It's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So it's great to see the growth of the women's game. It's great to see Watford ladies do so well and get promoted back to the championship. It's great to see that crowds are growing as well, and hopefully it continues, to be honest. But today, was just I just felt sad for my friends and their mm. kids that called out for these players and just got ignored. Absolutely. Absolutely, sir. We both also have have an interest in lower league football. There's an example. I used to work over at Aylesbury United and we had in in one summer, we had both we both had England and and Ajax come to do a training. Now, this was when Sven Joran Eriksson was the England captain, England manager, sorry. And he decided that he wanted to have a get together. There wasn't a game. So he, they had a get-together at Champneys, and I'm not saying it wasn't a full team, but Jonathan Greenwood was in the squad. You make the judgment. And they came down to Aylesbury United's ground at the time, Buckingham Road, and, uh, uh, criminally no longer there. And, and basically they said, no, we don't want anybody coming in. Everybody has to be kept out on the street. They came in, everybody was shut down. And they basically came in, and I was fortunate enough to be there. I say fortunate enough. They shuffled out, kicked around the ball for about 45 minutes to try and hit the crossbar, and then buggered off back to Champneys again. 
Contrast that with Ajax, right? And the Ajax of mid-90s, they came across to have two preseason games, one at QPR, one at one at Luton. And this team included, what's his name? Wesley Schneider was included, but he was a young Wesley Schneider at the time. They had up front Van der Vaar and Ibrahimovic. Yeah. They also had Nigel de Jong in there as well. This was a, a proper team. And they came in and said, yeah, no, let everybody into the stands. That's fine. No problem. If they want to come in and watch us train. And it just grew and grew. The only request they said, the only request they made, could you get a bucket out, get people to just put in whatever they have and give it to a local charity. And it mm. was like, and what a difference. Mm. What a completely, absolutely not up themselves. And I appreciate I'm going back to the early noughties here, but you can imagine 20 years on why these people think that they live in a bubble. But it was glorious to see that when Ajax came over and they were there for three days and they were just a breath of fresh air. So let's hope it doesn't have to be the case. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Alan, sir, go and have a great summer. And, we, and you take care, mate. And we will see everybody soon, no doubt. We've almost wrapped that up in an hour, Justin. We've been, we've done this re- relatively well, I think, Bloody for a hell. change. Yeah, I know. We, <laughs> I normally bang on for hours. Sorry, everybody's guys. I'm really glad that Ron came on because people will see things and they will see things on Twitter. You can agree or you can disagree with him and you can argue or choose not to. But I personally think the women's team this season has been a triumph. Is there too much coverage? Maybe. Do you know what? Just don't watch it if there is a lot of coverage. Don't worry about it. There hasn't been an awful lot to crow about from the club, let's be honest, all season. And they've played a game 12 days after the last Watford home game, or roughly that to, to my reckoning. And they've got promotion. And they've got promotion the hard way. And they've come back and beaten the team who had beaten them, what, three weeks before in the League Cup final? That, that's a story probably worth telling. Helen Wards is most certainly... A story worth telling, but I think you'll agree with me, Justin. The one thing missing from the Helen Ward story is is quality baked goods. I yes. think that's probably that's probably the thing that we need to that we need to sort really at some point. But who knows? I'm it's, sure it's we been shall two do. Years. It's been two years now that these brownies have been mentioned, and we still haven't seen them. But that that may be rectified soon. There is one thing, Peter. Very quickly in the comments underneath the space, yes, um, yes. there was a question. Right. I don't know if you know the answer to this or not. Um, it's will the event be available to listen to live online? This is obviously the event on the fifteenth. Um, do you know the answer to that one? That's from Paddleboarder John D. Uh, yep. It won't be at this moment in time. There are some questions in that, if they are asked, would broach commercial confidentiality. What we at, what what we roughly call the supporters group. It's just a, it's just a working title of all three. It's basically it will be recorded. We will get we will take out if there's nothing in there that's commercially confidential or potentially litigious, then the whole lot will come out and it will come out PDQ the next day for you. But we just have to make sure that there's nothing untowards that goes out. If you recall, I mentioned earlier on, we're going to try and make this as close to an at our space as we could possibly get away without without the club going, Oi, you're doing that. Uh, there, there was no such thing. There was no such thing. But we also appreciate this is a different thing. People have got an absolute interest in it. People want to see it as quickly as possible. We will have for certain, I say for certain, I, I would say 99% certain that, that Mr. Andrew French will be there so that you would get his his written take up on it. Uh, again, 
uh, not probably not live in and of the moment, but certainly you would get his piece with all of his observations. You would also have, as we plan to have, an, a, a full audio recording, barring anything that's libelous or anything confidential, commercially confidential. That is as it is planned. And what we would also want to have is video to be taken. This is all to be sorted through but it's all provisionally agreed basically of literally it's going to be almost like a i suppose like a press conference so we're just going to have it on 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 gino and on scott so that there would be that we can put video clips out as well so that not only do you hear what they say but you can also see them say it you can see the whites of the eyes you can see the body language you can see the reflection what we're not going to be able to do is stream the whole thing live because for that we'd need to i've said it's going to be like a question time but we're not going to have a full film unit to film it and the audio will come out as soon as we can because there's a couple of us who will probably be pulling an overnighter to get that done as soon as possible. I appreciate that people will want to feel like that they are in the room. We will try as best we can to make sure that is conveyed as quickly as possible. And the other thing is about that is it will be available we want it to be available everywhere. We want it to be available via the Watford site. We want it to be available by via all the podcasts, etc. So wherever you go and listen to stuff and wherever you want to go and listen to it, you can listen to it. And if you don't want to support any, because I've seen an awful lot of stuff where people turn around and say, we will do this because it fits with our agenda. We're going to use the summer to come up with an agenda because I'm going to fucking clue what ours is. It's <laughs> We just want this to be done on behalf of, of and by the fans so that we can turn around to the club and say we can sort our shit out go and sort yours out i don't think when you see and at some point i think we'll probably try and get the questions out in some way shape or format after the event obviously because we don't want to give anybody prior knowledge about it when you see these answers the questions aren't why have we had a bad season the questions aren't why haven't we won games the question is why is the culture as it is? Why are we not? Why are we not investing in a manager? Why are we not? Why are we constantly doing this turnover? It's what you expect, but it's not simply linked to, oh, when we're winning, it's fine. It's linked to wanting an identity and very valid, pertinent questions about certain things, Mr. Giretta. So there we go. There we go. I hope that answers your question. I'm sure, as I've said before, it ain't going to be perfect, but hopefully it will be certainly better than was previously done. And we are going to try and do this with with everything we've got, with everything we've got. And we thank you very much for participating at the question submission level. Those people who end up being putting in for the attendance. Sorry that so many of you aren't going to be able to attend on the day. Literally, our plan here was one, come up with a format two, come up with a way of basically making sure that we get the dates and get all of these pieces. Number three was making sure that we can select everybody who's attending. And part four, and nothing is finished until that's done, is distributing the information and the recordings as soon as we can thereafter. So look, until we've got that done, nothing's done. So we'll take it from there. Thank you so much for listening tonight. I'm so sorry it's not been a uh, questions back and forth. I appreciate the the guys from Moat Road Hatters. I don't think they would come on and said anything untoward, but hey, guys, we know what we feel about that. We'll let them go off. They're going to be having their own spaces and own celebrations now anyway. So there we go. Thank you so much as ever for the season. We've had a record-breaking season that Do Not Scratch Your Eyes and we couldn't possibly do it without the help of all of you. We hope you've had a laugh. We hope you've enjoyed it. We certainly have. We will see you soon, no doubt. Look out for more nonsense. And if you haven't listened to our three hours of interview with with Andrew French, go and give it a listen because he's always good value. Guys, thank you so much. See you soon. Cowboy New Orleans. 
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <laughs> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.